Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 and AM 760 in Hawaii. I'm joined as always by Armani Buckets, Brandon Deutsch, and finally, Amanda Giro is back. Amanda, how are you? I'm doing great. Tired today this Monday morning, but... So you were in New York for a while, and we were yeah. kind of, you know, living vicariously through you, Fashion Week. <laughs> By the way, a lot of athletes were there, guys. Kawhi was at Fashion Week. A lot of other players were at Fashion Week. Amanda was there. What was the highlight of that week for you? I really loved the Revolve event, and I also was at the Legacy of Love charity event um, supporting like cancer patients. So it was really great to also do some philanthropy work while I was there and um, tie that in with Fashion Week. So it was a great time. Nice. Happy to be back in L.A., though. How was your guys' weekend? It was terrible. To be <laughs> it was terrible. Uh, Mitch Trubisky is, I'm done. I can't defend him anymore. Yeah, he sucks. And the Bears, I mean, he I know does. that you're rooting for the Bears as well, Amanda. We were it's up depressing. seven to three. I genuinely thought that we the were going to win the game. All right. So it was like the Bears versus the refs. Justin Fields got that one in for a touchdown, <laughs> by the way. And it should have been called a touchdown and not reversed. But oh, since yeah. it wasn't, wasn't called a touchdown, it wasn't indisputable. And I guess you kind of have to not overturn that at the same time why was he seven feet behind center instead Ridiculous. of a quarterback sneak Ridiculous. i'm honestly over justin fields and it's funny Wait, i was whoa, really whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> i like hold it hot on, take let's on. go i was really rooting for him i know i'm from ohio okay ohio state but i'm just but, i'm over it what but why because I just I like his dog. Have you seen his dog on Instagram? The little like the I don't little uh, talk about it. I'm sick of the bears. One thing really quick. They threw the ball 11 times. 11, which a normal quarterback throws about 35. Yeah, times. yeah but you know why They're they did that? Montgomery and Herbert were getting like 30 yards dominant, every yeah. run. You know I what agree. I'm saying? So it was like one of those things like the Packers passing defense <laughs> is elite. I have no opinion on Fields yet. I don't okay. know if he's good. I don't know if he's what, bad, but we need to figure it out. I want to be blown away, him. you know? Yeah. Before, before, I don't think a Bears quarterback will ever do that yeah. to you, unfortunately, no. Amanda. But uh, I'll say one thing before we get into headlines. Man, is Jimmy back? I'm excited. Oh, look uh, at everything this guy. happens for look a at reason. This guy. Look at this guy. He was so excited was. about Trey Lance. Well, then I saw him at the strip. No. Oh. I'll, uh, I'll refrain from going further. But let's just say Jimmy wasn't out on Tuesday night after a loss, and Trey Lance was. But you know why? Jimmy G's a winner. That's you why. He's a winner. You love that saying, Brandon, and you got a winner. guess what? I was wrong. I will admit when I'm wrong. All right. I, Jimmy Garoppolo is the guy that will lead this team <laughs> to the Super Bowl, not Trey Lance. Trey Lance is too young. Eventually, he could, but this team is built to win now, and Jimmy raises their chances completely, like to a, dramatically to another level. Brandon, do you have a crush on Jimmy? <laughs> I want him to be my best friend. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, uh, it's, yeah, Jimmy, yeah, sort of. I love it. All right. 
With that said, let's get to today's headlines brought to you by Circus Sports. Circus Millions and Circus Survivor Pro Football Contest are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Visit CircusSports.com for details. Hit it, Amanda! The Rams beat the Falcons 31-27 to win their first game of the season, but it wasn't easy. The Rams were up 28-3 with 3.30 left in the third quarter and almost blew it, giving up 24 unanswered points in the final 18 minutes of the game. The Rams Rams came out on top, still thanks to Jalen Ramsey's interception. But what are your thoughts on the Rams' outlook this season after two games? I wanted to be so excited for this game. (laughs) I wanted to be so happy in the third quarter. Late in the third quarter, we were on this text exchange, but by the way, sometimes gets a little bit too much. Amanda, apologies. Uh, sometimes that text exchange goes off the rails, but I was like, the Rams are back. 28-3, to here we go. And then just an absolute colossal disaster there where, yes, they won the game, but I, I don't know how to feel about it, quite frankly. Terrible uh, clock management, terrible defense. The second straight really bad fourth quarter for this team. Again, people got to remember, yes, they got blown out in week one, but that was a 10-10 game in the third quarter, and then they got blown out. Sean McVay's teams are very good second-half teams. Something has happened here. So, Brandon, yes, they won, but I'm very yeah, concerned I about mean, this team. I'll, t- I'll give Graham Mona credit, our boy. I mean, he said it before the season started, the 49ers are by far the best team in the division. The Rams are going to have issues. They won their Super Bowl. I'm expecting us to maybe have 10 wins because of our schedule. And I was like, you're kidding, right? I think the Rams, I thought the Rams were the best team in the division. Now it's kind of looking like, I mean, it's two weeks in. The Rams still have the most talent. But if you saw, I know San Francisco is playing um, Seattle, but their defense is Dominant. And yeah. The Rams just don't have a dominant defense. Ramsey is a playmaker. He makes the big plays, right? Donald, same way. But other than those two guys and Floyd and a couple others, man, teams are carving them apart. That is going to be tough all season long, especially with their schedule. This was a must win. And man, I was getting nervous for Rams fans oh, because yeah. I saw 28 to 3. The Falcons got salty and they were like, oh my gosh, this is PTSD. We got to change this narrative. And they <laughs> Wasn't almost that the did score it. Of the Super Bowl? What was yes, that? it was 28 to 3. And right. They almost reversed it. That would have been a wild story. Oh, and then Cup, who never fumbles. Yeah. Fumb- I mean, it was just crazy. Stafford is always inconsistent. I mean, he had 41 touchdowns last year, but he also led the league in interceptions. We know what we're getting from Stafford. He's a big arm. He's hit or miss. He's like a volatile cryptocurrency. You know what I'm saying? He's either up high, you make a lot of money, or there's the crypto crash. There's no in between. You know what I'm saying? So I, they'll be fine. They'll probably finish first or second still. I, I wouldn't worry about it too much. If this continues to go on where they're losing games or it's close against teams that are really not good, yeah. then it's a concern. But like Arash said, they're a second half team. I agree with everything you said, Brandon. I like when Cup fumbled that football after what we saw around the NFL all day with the Jets comeback, the Raiders, geez. the Raiders comeback, all those crazy comebacks. It felt like, at least to me, it felt like the Falcons were going to inevitably score on that drive. Yeah. I was surprised that they didn't. The Rams need to be able to run the football to put teams away. Daryl Henderson, 4.7 yards carries, not bad, but only 10 carries. Cam Akers, 15 carries, 44 yards, 2.9 yards a carry. You can get the lead, but to maintain the lead, you have to be able to run the football. The one thing I will say about the Rams going forward, the NFC West, the Seahawks are back to being the Seahawks. Their Super Bowl was week one. Yeah. The Cardinals, I mean, great job. Kudos. But (laughs) But they're not a good football Yeah, I don't believe in them. So you only have to worry about one team, which is like, 
it's a good thing to think like, all right, we can hone in on one team and we can just like track what they're doing and match them. Because the goal should be just to win the division, get a home playoff game, and yeah. make it back. And to I where definitely we think it's 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 Very, likely yeah. impossible. I don't think. I mean, obviously with Jimmy under center now, the Niners are a better football team. But I still think the Rams will win the division. I really do. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Grant's right, and the Niners will win the division. This is a huge it's, week for them. But it's still surreal to hear him now back on the Jimmy Garoppolo. I know. Chain I was train look. Looks, I will you know. admit when I'm wrong. Like <laughs> I said this about my. I, I was making sit start suggestions for my fantasy football followers on TikTok all week, and I'm 85 percent right and the people i'm wrong about like travis Etienne, i was wrong about and kareem hunt man they come after me but all the people that i won their fantasy matchups 85 percent of them they, they're not saying thank you and your thoughts you know? on trey lance were always like right i love ah. trey lance i just think like like for a team and most people that know the game of football are i mean i was i was enamored by what he can do with the football that I kind of didn't see, like, this guy can't read defenses. It's sad. We I really wanted to see a full year of development. But, man, Jimmy can just carve up defenses. He's just a winner. Everywhere he goes at life, he's just a winner. He's it's good the looking. intangibles, he, you know? though. It's the intangibles. Yeah. And this idea that if they had Trey Lance under center instead of Jimmy Garoppolo, that they would have won a Super Bowl or they would have won two Super Bowls. I mean, That's I never, Yeah, so yeah. And that ridiculous opinion was made by one Brandon No, Birch. I never said they no. were going to win the no, Super Bowl. No, no, no. You said if they had a Trey Lance... Defend me here. He said if they had Trey Lance, they would have won a Super Bowl. If they had last someone, year, yeah. No, no. Oh, oh, I said if they sure would have had year. someone better than Jimmy Garoppolo, which I think Trey Lance can become. But there's a certain. I mean, again, it's not in the stat sheet. It's not in the yeah. box score. There's something that you have I where agree with you're, you. you know. Yeah. You know, I I hated I hated to give him credit. You know, but yeah. you, you got to give credit when credits due. Like, yeah, he overthrew. Uh, a guy in the Debo in the Super Bowl and we should have won against the Chiefs whatever but also we don't get to that Super Bowl or two NFC championships without Jimmy Garoppolo and I failed to see that it wasn't on him that we lost to the Rams it no. was on Tart for not intercepting inter uh, Stafford the you crazy know? thing is now though that we push back this Trey Lance Jimmy G thing to next season so we're going to be having the exactly. same the same oh man if I'm the 49ers I'm literally having Trey Lance keep learning on the bench if Jimmy takes <laughs> us to the Super Bowl I'm sorry re-sign Jimmy G so is there any way that Jimmy is like the future quarterback? If he yes. wins, okay. Yes. And Trey's gone. It doesn't. Yeah, I mean, you traded a lot of picks. Like, there's going to be people fired for that. I think Trey Lance will be a great quarterback in this league. Like, I think he has the ability and will become a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. I truly believe that. But it's going to take time. And this is a championship-ready team. Trent Williams is 34. Their defense is the best in the league. Jimmy Garoppolo raises their ceiling. And that's why they went to the SF Chronicle anonymously and said that we're a much better football team with Jimmy G. Because he can read defenses. Trey Lance has more talent than Jimmy G. He just can't read defenses. He's young. You know? Yeah. All right, let's move on to headline two. The Dodgers won their 101st game of the season as they beat the Giants 4-3 to on a Mookie Betts double and a Max Muncy walk. It wasn't a pretty win, but they do have 101 wins on September 19th, and they show no signs of slowing down. How do you guys think the rest of the season will play out? I mean, this is a team on cruise control right now. I mean, I mean, there are some magic numbers. They want to clinch home field throughout. No doubt about that. That They will. Um, but the way that this team is playing, they're having a ton of fun right now. They're, there's so much talent. And they're so deep, guys, where they don't have to roll out their number one guys and, and find a way to win. So 
it's a fun team to watch. A lot of um, games coming up here where you don't know who's going to play. But again, they're so deep where you can give some guys some time off. But it is very important for them to have home field. They will clinch that. But incredible, Brandon, 101 wins yeah. here on September 19th. You know, there's this narrative that they're always going to choke, right? The Dodgers. But it seems like this team... It, it, seems a little different. This is kind of the most dominant team they've had in a long ha- time. And, and I know this is cliche, but the, the fun that they're having, the relationship yeah. with Freddie Freeman I mean, and Mookie Betts, the bromance that those guys yeah. have together. I, mean, I just love that. They're what? 57 games over 500. Some insane like that. Like this might be the best Dodgers team ever. Obviously that yeah. would only happen with a World Series because sure. you know the Warriors 73 and 9 are not the best Warriors Easily team ever. Easily <laughs> when you, you don't win the whole and thing. And that's why LeBron is you know, considered the GOAT by many people because that was the hardest finals to win. But anyways, moving on from that, this Dodgers team, if they can pitch, like we've been saying, Kershaw's looked good. Anderson's looked good. Urias has looked good. You know, I don't know when Tony Gonsolin's coming back, but Kimbrell needs to play well. Like, this is a dangerous team. The Mets have not been good recently. That's the team everyone's concerned about. The Braves are... I mean, the NL... The only thing the Dodgers don't have going for them is the AL is way more like Houston versus everybody else. Sure. And the NL is like, you got the Cardinals are good, the Braves are good, the Mets are good. You know, so it's tougher. But I still think the Dodgers... It would be very immature to say that and just dumb to say that the Dodgers aren't the favorite to win the World Series because they've won. They've proved everybody wrong. They win like every game. You know what I'm saying? What's going to change in a playoff series? Yeah, you face Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer. If you can win one of those games, you beat the Mets. You know? I mean, listen, I mean, the, the, the way that this team is playing, it's on cruise control, but they haven't like not tried to win these games because they do realize the significance Home field's key. Home field's very important. So I think if they clinch that, which will be soon, we're talking about a World Series team. And and, and I don't want to discount what they did in 2020. But what that would mean to Los Angeles to have a World Series championship and a parade down Figueroa and a big rally with 100,000 people. We need that. We want that. And it's going to be amazing if that, that finally happens. Moving on to headline three, USC held, held the number seven ranking after beating Fresno State 45 to 17 at the Coliseum on Saturday. The Coliseum was almost full and rocking for the first time in years. The Trojans are averaging over 50 points per game this season, but do you still have concerns about the defense? Can this team possibly play in the national championship game at SoFi Stadium? By the way, love that the championship game will be at SoFi, so a year after the Rams win the championship, home field advantage there at SoFi, we could have the same situation with USC. Here's the thing, a lot of people talked about that Fresno State game back in 2005, Reggie Bush winning the Heisman Trophy. People forget about that team, and I covered that team that entire season. That was not a very good defense. The reason that Fresno State game was so great was they gave up 40-some points to Fresno State. They gave up over 500 yards to Fresno State. No one cares how many points you give up or how many yards you give up if you find a way to win. And we talked about this. This USC team will score points. The question is, can you score more than USC? I don't think so. You're talking about a team right now, 50 points per game. It's going to be really hard. So, like, while USC fans don't want to win games 50 to 42, that's the way this season will go. And I don't think there's a team out there, and I'm watching all these games, and I know the season's, you know, we're only two games in it's going to be hard to outscore this team and not only is USC a top 17 Caleb Williams is the front runner right now for the um, Heisman 
The yeah. way he's playing right now is tremendous. And by the way, you may be right. This may be the best you. quarterback to come out of USC. I told you, he's got the swag. He's got the work ethic. He's got the uh, apparently a foot fetish, but uh, that's, a, that's another comment. Uh, I am a foot model. <laughs> no, no, he does. He does apparently from some uh, sorority girls at Oklahoma. But uh, <laughs> beside the point, I love that Brandon leads with that. That, that, uh, yeah, that, that is yeah. what he leads with. Well, at least he's not going to you know where like Trey Lance <laughs> yeah. on Tuesday night after a loss. No, Caleb Williams is great. But one thing I did see in all seriousness last week against Fresno State, who's actually a really good team, Fresno yeah. State, who they beat uh, pretty pretty. Um, easily let, let's just say this that Fresno State game's a little closer if Hayner doesn't get hurt because yeah. he's a great quarterback no doubt about that you know he's their best player but what, something I did see for the first time is Caleb Williams getting sacked a lot a lot of incompletions and I was like this is a bit weird. The offensive line really needs to get better next week. Going into Corvallis, that's going to be a much tougher matchup. Corvallis than is always that 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 tough game. The you Pac-12s. go back to the Pete Carroll time period. Yes, Corvallis. Yes. Nick, that 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 was that loss, like the one loss of the season. Obviously, with Corvallis. obviously Utah's the game. Utah's USC the fans game, are like, whoa, but. It's like when the when the Niners fans talking about the Bears, like that was a trap game, right? This could be a I trap have, game. Mark Sanchez give that team a speech. That was the best USC yeah. team in, yeah. in during Pete Carroll's time. Yeah. They played one bad half in Corvallis. That was it. So this is a trap game. But if you know it's a trap game and you go in with that, and with I that, think yeah. that was the mentality against Fresno State against Stanford, and they lived up to they it. They did. Lincoln Riley has really done so much, and there's a reason why all the college football experts are saying, you know, USC. I would vote for them for the fourth team right now because they're fun to watch in viewership. People don't realize how much that is dictated into the college football playoff. Yeah. If USC goes undefeated, they will be oh, in the college sure. football playoff. Yeah. If they have one loss. And it's to Utah, but they win the Pac-12 championship. Expect them to get serious consideration I agree. in the Pac-12. I mean, in the CFP, just because people want to watch Caleb Williams play football. Jordan, talk about this. Talk about the USC receivers: Drake London, Amon Ross, St. Brown. Yeah. All of them are so elite. Addison could be the best. Belitnikov would. I mean, that's the what the transfer portal can do to you. And and by the way, when you're watching games on Sunday, yeah. this Caleb Williams commercial, and I keep thinking, great for him. Great for recruiting for USC. Now, if I'm a player, I'm like, maybe I'll transfer to USC. Los Angeles, Hollywood, USC, Pac Coliseum. This is only the beginning. I don't think it's an overstatement to say that Caleb Williams really, like, obviously Lincoln Riley brought back USC. It's a combo. His I totally transfer, agree. His transfer to SC changed it forever. Yeah. Forever. USC is going to be a powerhouse for 50 years now. My only thing about the defense is it was 21 to 3. Caleb Williams scores a touchdown. That's an opportunity to put the game away. Fresno goes right down the field and scores 21 to 10. Second half, 28 to 10. Same thing. Defense. All you need is just one stop and they give it right back. No, no. That's the only hesitation I have with this team because, uh, as you mentioned, Arash, the defense is. The offense is good enough to, to compete for I, a championship. Yeah. It's just if the defense can get timely stops and learn how to put teams away. And it was garbage time, but a goal line stand at the end of the game, I think is kind of significant. So, you know, but yeah, I mean, pumped that USC, USC's finally back. <laughs> All right, let's talk about UCLA. Uh, the fourth headline, UCLA is 3-0, and but the Bruins have played Bowling Green, Alabama State, and South <laughs> Alabama at the Rose Bowl to start the season. 
UCLA was actually trailing South Alabama 31 to 23 in the fourth quarter before coming back to win on a last second field goal. Afterwards, Bruins players celebrated as if they won the national championship. I mean, what was more embarrassing, <laughs> the celebration or the crowds of less than 20,000 people showing up at the Rose Bowl this season? Both were really bad, by the way. I mean, but I can excuse kids. They're, you know, they're, they're in college. They had a comeback win. Great. But again, I mean, it was against a really bad opponent. That being said, something's got to be done about these crowds at the Rose Bowl. I mean, this is embarrassing. And I don't think it was even 20,000. It may have been 10,000 or something. I mean, it's... And again, that's bad, period. But it's even worse when you're playing in a 100,000-seat stadium. And Troy Aikman came out and said, what the heck is going on? Maybe it's time to build a campus stadium with 20,000 seats. Uh, it, it's a terrible look. It's a really bad, bad look. It is time to build a campus stadium. And I, I, for me, the most embarrassing thing was you beat South Alabama by one. At they the celebrate buzzer. like it's the national it's championship. So, it's so embarrassing. And I get that they're college kids and they're just living it up and they want to have fun. But if I'm Chip Kelly... <laughs> that is setting such a bad precedent. That's a good point. It's it's a such Sun a Chip Kelly team. team thing to do too. I hate to say it. I like Chip Kelly, but they always like think they're better than they are. All yeah. of his teams in the NFL and in college. Yeah, but it, it, it's one of those things. I think you're right that if you're Chip Kelly, you're walking in there going, "What the heck, guys?" I mean, if you're a good coach and your standards are high. Like, even after a win like that, you have to say, no, 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 we don't celebrate that. What the heck were we doing? You get a couple pats on the backs, a couple handshakes. And How do you think Dan on. Campbell would feel about that? <laughs> oh, by the way, to Detroit. How about oh, I that? I love Detroit. <laughs> Free money, baby. 6.5 <laughs> wins over. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by a good friend, Fernando Ramirez. When we come back on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or a comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. Right, let's go out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline right now. Circa Millions and Circus Survivor Pro Football Contest with $12 million in guaranteed prizes are back. Visit CircusSports.com for details, and here he is, our main man, Fernando Ramirez. How are you doing, my friend? Arash, I was at Bad Bunny's concert Whoa. last night. It was nuts. It was crazy. It was amazing. <laughs> he was, honestly, 
I, I, and you know, I mean, some artists do care about their fans. Some are like, eh, Bad Buddy was on for three hours. Wow. He just kept on going. They kept on giving him standing ovation. So he kept on going, man. His concert is, is definitely a must see. And it was, uh, it was definitely great to be out there. So Vegas, LA, you guys got to go out to the Bad Bunny concert. It was fun. It was electric. It was all, it was all you'd hope for in, uh, in a Bad Bunny concert and more. I ain't plugging because I, I'm not trying to plug. I'm just saying it was it was a great concert. Yeah, and by the way, I mean the guy is as hot as can be at Dodger Stadium during the celebrity softball game. One of the top five ovations this season was for Bad Bunny, and so uh, you know, amazing, <laughs> amazing guy, uh, Fernando. Let, let's start here. We got to get like an update from you. Um, exciting, crazy Chargers game Thursday night football in Kansas City. Uh, first of all, your thoughts on the game, and then. If you have an update on the status of of Justin Herbert, yeah. So basically, with Justin, I mean, obviously, we have to start off with Justin Herbert. Uh, they they're saying that it's uh, it's kind of a, a a rib cartilage. So basically, uh, Philip Rivers has had it before. Tony Romo's had it before. Um, they didn't miss any games, but you could tell that there was a little bit of uh, lingering issues sometimes with the arm, just because. It, it is going to hurt, and it's going to hurt him, and it's going to be a little. He's going to be in pain. So, um, obviously, it is unknown yet what um, what his status is going to be for this weekend. But other guys have played with it. Justin's tough. You saw it. It was incredible to me uh, before we get into the game. Well, it's a part of the game, but it was incredible to me that on that third down, he could not like he could have ran for the first down and taken it and just slid. Instead, he throws it away. Then on the next uh, on the next play, he throws it down the field. I think it was like a 35-yard pass of DeAndre Carter. Fits it in the tightest window you'd ever see, and you're just like, wow, okay. Yeah, this guy's tough. This guy, uh, this guy, um, this guy's just tough as nails. But, uh, but yeah, the game, it was just about, it was, you're, I guess in a sense, like, oh, my God, it could, what could have been, I guess. They were right there. They had the game. Um, some questionable calls, I guess, from the referees. But if you if you're going to be one of the top teams in the NFL, you have to be able to survive that kind of stuff. And and yeah, there was a questionable. Uh, they had two interceptions that were overturned. Obviously, one by both one by penalty, the other one by uh, by the officiating. And then uh, obviously, Asante Samuel Jr. dropped uh, what could have been a pick six um, in the end zone. So there were some mistakes there. Obviously, Justin Herbert's pick six going the other way. So. The Chargers, I think, in a sense, I mean, if you're going to take something positive out of this, they show that they were the better team. They show that they have more talent. Now it's about trying to win those tough games. Those are the games that you're going to have to win. These tough, gritty, end of the, like, these tough games, that's how you're going to have to beat Buffalo. That's how you're going to have to beat Kansas City is uh, in a slugfest. And unfortunately, the Chargers uh, failed their first test um, on uh, last Thursday. Yeah, Fernando, I I couldn't agree more. I actually came out of that game thinking the Chargers are a much better team than the Chiefs, just personally, just that the Chiefs have more experience. Obviously, that Herbert interception, the pick six was pretty bad. But what I take away from that game from the Chargers' perspective is they're the best team in the division. I do think they win the next matchup against the Chiefs at SoFi Stadium. And the Chiefs, if we're looking at them 
I just don't get why Brandon Staley kept running it on third and three when they played to the Chiefs' strengths. I mean, Chris Jones is their best player, right, defensively. And they were just like running it up the middle toward him on these short plays. And I saw some conservatism from Staley, which I didn't normally see. I thought he should have went for it on a couple of fourth downs. Seems like the criticism has gotten to his head from last season. Am I I wrong in that... Now he's not willing to go as much. I know they, but they converted like almost for every, I think it was every fourth down that they tried, right, Fernando? So what are your thoughts here going? I mean, what does Staley need to do to kind of block that criticism and get back to, you know, making those decisions? Because actually a lot of those plays he went for worked last year. Yeah. No, I I think it's more he trusts his defense. And that's the thing. The Chargers now have a very good defense. They literally, if it wasn't for, they, they only allowed Patrick Mahomes to score two touchdowns. And on both of those touchdowns, there was controversial calls on it. One was that, uh, that um, pass interference on Bryce Callahan where literally Marquez Valdez, Stanling throws uh, Bryce Callahan out of his way. And the other one was this, the Asante Samuel um, dropped intercept. The one where uh, he got his hand underneath and they said that he didn't, that he had dropped the ball. So, Literally, you only allowed two touchdowns to Kansas City's offense. So, yeah, that's the positive. The, the, the reason why I feel like he's not going for it is because he trusts his defense. He knows that he can tire out Patrick Mahomes. Patrick, at one point, was looking around going, dude, come on. Like, nothing's – like, at that point, things weren't working for them, and he was getting uh, notably frustrated, and he was getting frustrated about how much he was getting hit as well. I see. I saw him a couple of times trying to point to the ref like, hey – they're hitting me and they're hitting me late, but uh, it, it, it wasn't working. So, um, but but generally, I think I don't think I don't think it's in his head. I think Joe Lombardi's received a lot of criticism those, these last two games. He obviously noted after the the Raider game that he did take his foot off the gas a little bit, and then he get, did go conservative. And this game, he did it as well. And I don't know if you guys noticed, but uh, at first, Chris Jones did not make any noise in the first half, and everybody's like, "Where's Chris Jones?" Well, he was on rookie Zion Johnson. Zion Johnson was controlling. I don't want to say controlling him, but he, he did a good uh, a good job of taking him away. And then all of a sudden, Chris Jones goes, you know what, I'm going to switch and go over to Matt Filer's side. And that's where he really started making a lot of noise, and, and he was wrecking the game. He even sacked Justin Herbert uh, twice, I think. So, yeah, no, definitely I think that Kansas City made better adjustments coming out of the second half, and the Chargers need to uh, – to do a better job of, of making some of those adjustments. But like you said, the conservatism, it is now a, a valid point after two games that they do at, at times go very conservative, and it is hurting them, especially with the offensive production that they were having. Uh, Fernando, this Sunday, Jacksonville comes to town. Uh, thoughts on that game? And a little subplot or question. Like, I'm a little concerned about the crowd. I, I think this is a, sort of like the first game. Like, they've already played a full season. I think there's a lot of concern about parking and traffic. I mean, this could be one of those games, Fernando, where um, it's not going to be, like, half empty or anything. But I'm a little concerned about the crowd. So, first of all, your thoughts on the game. And then what do you expect from the uh, crowd? Well, obviously, for the game, the, the Jacksonville is no slouch. They, they, they knocked out um, Indianapolis. Um, yesterday, and they took it to I can't remember who they played week one, but I remember that they t- they uh, they did play well that first week. So they they're they're doing better. Obviously, now they have a competent coach. Uh, so and Doug Peterson, and then um, uh, for for some familiar faces, Mike McCoy, former Chargers head coach, is the quarterback coach of uh, Trevor Lawrence. So he comes back, 
and plays against the Chargers. So that'll be interesting. But the Chargers cannot take their foot off the gas. They've had 10 days to rest. They're going to need to go at Jacksonville hard. Jacksonville, like I said, Doug Peterson has that team uh, has that team playing well. And um, when it comes to the to the crowd, I I'm interested too, Ross, just because this isn't like this isn't a rivalry game. This isn't a big game. This isn't a oh my god, like let's see what's going. This doesn't have a playoff feel to it. So I'm also con- um, I'm also interested to see what the crowd's going to be like. Obviously, the season ticket holders will be there, yeah. and the people that um, that really are diehards will be there. But what's the rest of the crowd going to look yeah. like? That I'm 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 with you as well because. I don't know how well Jacksonville travels. I mean, the last time that they traveled out here was in San Diego, and I don't remember it being a big <laughs> Jacksonville Jaguars crowd. So, uh, or yeah, no, they went to the suburb as well, uh, and I don't remember it being a big uh, a big crowd either. So, yeah, no, I, I definitely I don't know what to expect. I, maybe it'll only be seventy five percent filled um, because usually twenty five percent is what the other team kind of takes yeah. or thirty percent, but. Uh, maybe it will be a little bit less uh, filled than usual. Yeah. Fernando, this is Amanda. How are you doing? Hi, Amanda. <laughs> good. How about yourself? I'm doing good. Um, what are your thoughts on the rest of the AFC West after two weeks? Are you surprised the Raiders are 0-2? I, I really am. I thought the Raiders... I, and I don't mean to I don't mean to diss Derek Carr in a sense, but Derek Carr, man, you... you at the end of the game yesterday, he was zeroing it. They took away Devontae Adams. And he looked like a deer in the headlights. He didn't know where to go. They got they got very conservative at the end of the game too. They kind of run out the clock, being down so many points. And their defense deserves credit because they're down Denzel Perryman. They're down other guys, and they end up making good stops on Kyler Murray. But Kyler's just spectacular. I mean, I, I and it's funny because obviously um, people were joking around that the new Call of Duty was gonna come came out on Friday, and who knows if Kyler would be ready for the game because uh, <laughs> of all the jokes and everything. But uh, he was ready. He played well. That's where I, I think Kyler shines is when it's just BS football. Run around, do your thing, try and find the open guy. Um, so that was pretty interesting. Denver's offense is struggling, and they they and they keep on having guys drop. Jerry Judy goes down. Now it's literally Court and Sutton and a whole mess of other guys. So Denver's offense is really starting to get a little bit concerning. Just because you're looking around, you're like, what can they can't go get anybody? They can't go do anything. So. Um, they're just gonna have to rely on some of these guys coming back, and and uh, and I, I think they're gonna continue to struggle a little bit. Yesterday, they barely beat the Texans um, by I think a touchdown, so that's a little bit concerning as well. Oh no, it was by four points. Uh, the Texans kind of almost made a game. If if Davis Mills had a little bit more arm and wasn't throwing it in the dirt, they probably could have won that game too. And then Kansas City's Kansas City, but um, but I, I think they have a chink in their chain. I, I don't think. They're the powerful Kansas City that we saw once before. I think that the the Chargers kind of showed a little bit of how to be able to to beat them in a sense. But um, this weekend, obviously, they play Indianapolis. I expect a blowout. Uh, I don't expect Indy to be able to hang with them. But here comes the hard part of uh, of their schedule, Kansas City. They have to play Tampa. They have to play, uh, I think, Buffalo. It is going to be rough right now, especially because the Chargers showed you a little bit of how to kind of play them. But that Buffalo game, uh, uh, and I think it's in Buffalo, it could be a blowout. Because right? this this game, that's the way it was going uh, at one point. The Chargers game was looking like it might be a blowout. But but definitely, uh, Amanda, I think that uh, the AFC West is really surprising right now. And in the next few weeks, I think it's going to get really interesting. Because to me, um, I've said it before, I think this is a two-horse race. I think it's Chargers-Chiefs. 
I think the the Raiders and the Broncos aren't near where uh, those two teams are. Yeah, Fernando. Speaking of that, you're I. I hear your thoughts about the Broncos and I know you'll be rooting for the 49ers next weekend. Who do you expect to win that game? Broncos 49ers. Oh, Jimmy G's back. It's a Jimmy G train, <laughs> baby. It's, it's, right. it's, it's a Jimmy G train. I, did you see the fans just, they, they like took him in like, uh, he's the second coming of Christ. Like they love He him. is the second coming of Christ. <laughs> Look at how beautiful he is. That man. <laughs> And he's a exactly. winner. He's, he's a gorgeous guy. He, all he does is win. Like that's true. You know, and everything I in think, life. I think he really. I think he really is going to be embraced by by the city of San Francisco. I think they're going to get excited. Man, that even that one. You can. I think it's going to be a little bit. Um, I think it's going to be more in, into the 49ers face. It could look like it did this weekend, like 49ers 20, 27, 28, Broncos. 14, 17. Broncos country ain't riding right now. They're they're not looking good. So uh, I think uh, I think old Sheriff Jimmy G is going to come in. Uh, he's going to show them a thing or two. So I, I definitely think that the 49ers are going to win that game just because I haven't seen anything from the Broncos offense and I haven't really seen anything from their defense as well. They they have lapses. It's like somebody told me the other day. Oh yeah, this defense is good, but this is Vic Fangio's defense. This, these pieces don't fit what the Broncos are trying to do now on defense. And I'm like, oh, that's completely true. Like, they just don't fit exactly what they're trying to run on defense, and that's why they're getting scored on as well. Yeah, and Fernando, just to follow up to that, I agree with you. I haven't seen anything special from the Broncos. In fact, they're coaching. I mean, they have a a stud in Javante Williams, and they just don't use him correctly. They don't run him enough. They keep running Melvin Gordon, who isn't bad. Don't get me wrong. But Javante Williams had 11 receptions in week one. They didn't even throw him yeah. the football in, in, in week two, even though it was successful on those short, you know, Christian McCaffrey type pass catches. But my question here is now with Jimmy G as quarterback in a weak NFC, do you expect the Niners to possibly have now a chance at returning to the Super Bowl from a couple years ago? I, I don't know if returning to the Super Bowl just because, I mean, people like Tampa's defense has looked very good. Tampa's offense does not look good at all. You see uh, Tom Brady out there breaking i uh, breaking. Oh my god! I was going to say uh, iPads breaking Microsoft <laughs> tablets. Pictures exclusively at Best Buy. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but definitely, uh, you see Tom Brady. Uh, he's growing frustrated, but I think they'll get that fixed once Chris Godwin comes back. Once Mike Evans is uh, not suspended for uh, pulling a WWE move on Marshawn Lattimore. Which I think they, uh, I think Triple H needs to get them both in the ring and let them settle their score uh, at WrestleMania. But uh, but definitely, um, I think that the 49ers are one of the better teams. Man, the Rams just yesterday, I could not believe they gave up that big lead. Their offensive line doesn't look good. Once they face a uh, defensive line that's pretty good, I think they're going to struggle. Um, I don't like. I'm I'm starting to. I'm starting to kind of lose uh, a little bit on uh, on the Rams. So I definitely think the 49ers are one of the better teams. And then obviously Green Bay doesn't look the, the same as they did in the past. So I definitely think the 49ers have now with Jimmy G have now bumped themselves up to top three in the NFC. And, and obviously they're, they're a dangerous team because their front seven is what I want to see against uh, the Rams. The Rams right now are very vulnerable on that offensive line. Matthew Stafford, he's not going to want to get hit. So, I'm interested. Uh, I'm interested to see when they match up. How their defensive line is going to attack the uh, 
the offense and, and Matthew Stafford when those two teams meet up. Fernando, arguably the story of yesterday was Tua and the Dolphins' incredible comeback. Tua had six touchdowns, and I don't know if there's a more polarizing quarterback in terms of the public opinion on him. What do, what are your thoughts on Tua going forward? Do you think that he is the guy that will lead the Dolphins for the foreseeable future? <laughs> um, I'm split on it just because I feel like if you put any quarterback with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, they'll be able to get him the ball. The thing is that a lot of it is broken down play. I mean, Baltimore had a lot of injuries on their defensive side of the football. So, I, And as a junkie, I have to look at that and be like, mm, there's a little hesitancy there. And then a lot of it is broken down plays where Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are wide open. Um, I mean, I guess you have to give two of his flowers right now, but I'm just a little hesitant because, uh, once that offense, because remember, it's the brand new shiny toy. We've seen it before. We've seen it with different quarterbacks. They're the shiny toy, but can you be consistent and can you stay there? I mean, right now, Joe Burrow looks bad. I mean, you're kind of questioning what's going on uh, with Joe Burrow, and then you question other quarterbacks that are the new shiny toy. Can Tua keep it up? Can he stay healthy? Can uh, he go through, hey, our defense has been, ex- our offense has been exposed? Now let's see what other ways we can find to win the game. So um, I'm interested to see when that happens. But, yeah, for right now, give Tua credit. He played really well yesterday. He um, The six touchdowns was incredible. Some of those passes, I mean, it, it was pretty It was pretty nice to see him uh, to see him shine. But I know fantasy owners were excited when uh, when both Waddle and uh, Tyreek Hill got, their, got to feast on the Baltimore Ravens defense. Uh, Fernando, last two minutes. Uh, your thoughts on the Canelo fight? I, I, I was happy we got the trilogy, but my goodness, Triple G looked every bit of his forty years old, and Canelo didn't really look like his old self. It just, it was the, the end of what what was a, a good trilogy. But that last fight was t- terrible. Your uh, thoughts on Canelo finally winning without dispute? By the way, for the first time. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you, Raj. I didn't think there was going to be a knockout just because. Triple G's too strong. His jaw's too strong. And uh, and obviously, I didn't think he was going to beat Canelo. I thought this was a, a match for Canelo to finally win uh, without controversy. Yeah. One, two. It was his last chance for Triple G to get his money. He got $20 million. So definitely, um, so definitely congratulations to him for getting $20 million to just stand there and, <laughs> and take those hits. But now it's like, where does Canelo go? And, and the thing is that he's like, oh, I have to have hand surgery. Well, crap! There goes another six months yeah. of him uh, being out. So it'll that uh, that Bivol Surdo Ramirez fight is going to be interesting because if Canelo tries to go back up, I want to see what happens when he goes back up to one seventy five. But uh, but yeah, good ending to the trilogy. I wish they would have done it earlier. Kind of feels like the Floyd Mayweather Manny Pacquiao fight where they were both above the hill. But uh, well, obviously Canelo's not. But yeah. uh, but definitely a good ending to the trilogy. Yeah, I mean, it was just weird that it was Canelo, Triple G, and no hype. Yes, it you know it, it's during the football season, but you know I, I go back to the first two times that they fought in uh, September. There was just such hype, yeah. and I mean, everyone was talking about it, and I mean, no one was really talking about this particular one. But again, great to see Canelo back. Fernando, you're the there best. There was no change in me, no change in me either. <laughs> exactly. I will see you on Sunday at SoFi, my friend. Uh, thank you so much. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it. Again. Again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. West side, west side.
This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend, now a ghost in the dark. Hard part about it, brother got smoked by a fiend. Trying to floss on him, blind to a broken man's dream. A hard lesson. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.